Do you want to help someone who has suffered a loss and you don't know what to say or to do? Today we're talking about how to show up for those who are grieving. Crystal shares her story of the loss of her daughter. The one message she wants everyone who is grieving to know is that they are not alone. Before we dive into the show, I have one announcement. I also want to personally invite you to join me to make 2021 your year. January 4th, I'm kicking off the January Jumpstart course. Click the description box for more information. Join now. Space is limited. Now that I have all my announcements out the way, I invite you to stick around and enjoy the show. Welcome to another episode of Coffee with Tea. I'm your host, Maya Charlotte, and I'm excited because I have Miss Crystal Webster, who's going to be talking to us about how to show up for those who are grieving. So without further ado, I'd like to bring on Miss Crystal. Welcome to the show. Hello. I'm so excited to be here today. It's a pleasure talking to you. Like I said, we, for those who don't know, and I always start the show like, you don't know, but I do do these pre-calls, you know, then I find out a little bit more about um, people and their stories and stuff like that. And Miss Crystal already gave me some great insights. So you're going to be in store for some good nuggets that she's going to share with you. Because, you know, we all have been there. You know, you know somebody who's going through some grieving process and you don't know what to do. And most times, like, and I shouldn't speak for everybody, I know I'm one of those ones sometimes who pulls back. So Miss Crystal is going to share some insight, like maybe help to help your friend who's dealing with this grieving process. So. Ms. Crystal, before we dive into this, the um, interview more, tell us a little bit about you, your journey, and if you want to share, you know, whatever you feel comfortable sharing. Oh, gosh, that's a loaded question. <laughs> well, it was a stormy night. <laughs> no, I'm not going that far back. <laughs> um, yeah, so my story of the journey that we're going to talk about today really started in 2010. Um, I was seven and a half months pregnant with my first child. And I went in for routine ultrasound and heard the words that no parent should ever have to hear. Something's not right. I'm going to go get the doctor. Mm. Um, Two and a half weeks later, My Madeline Elizabeth Webster was born. She lived for eight beautiful yet brief hours. And then she died the next day in my arms. Come to find out she had a genetic condition that made it impossible for her to sustain her own life. And that condition um, I have and passed on to her. And so... There was a lot of grief, a lot of guilt, a lot of finger pointing inward. Um, We tried to bring Madeline's siblings through science um, because that's what the doctor said. They said, yeah, they actually said, you can try to do this naturally, to bring her siblings naturally. Um, For every hundred times you get pregnant, 99 of them will not be positive. Right. And I just, I I mean, 
first of all, to think about how long it would take to get pregnant a hundred times is a little mind blowing. <laughs> and I, I just, I couldn't emotionally do that to myself. So we got science involved. Um, and we did IVF three times and my Madeline is still an only child today right. because of that condition. Um, so yeah, I, I had to grieve the death of my daughter. I had to grieve the death of what I thought my future looked like, um, my potential family, you know, all of those things, not just a death. That's, that's the easy answer. Um, you grieve so much more than that when you lose someone or something that powerful. Right, right, right. Yeah. So that's my story of grief. Um, and then five years into my grief journey, um, I kind of realized I, I was living my life waiting to die. Mm. And that is not a way to live. Right. So I decided I needed to live. Well, I needed to pick one. I decided I needed to pick one. And I opted to live. And it was almost instantaneous that the concept of what I'm doing now, the concept of sharing solace hit me. Right. Right. I guess I, it's a, it's a very, I mean, you, we're, we're going to talk a little bit more about your journey to your, you know, discovering, become, deciding to live, which is an amazing thing. Cause there are a lot of people who have a lot less loss in their life and not even, not even living. So, you know, it's amazing how you've taken the tragedy that you've dealt with and just still decided to live. You know, you know what I'm saying? There are people who are who have a lot less stuff and who are not living. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So it's like, and then the whole, I, I want to talk to you a little bit about, because you talked about, and I think a lot of people don't understand it, is when you talk about you're grieving, you, you, grew up, you grieve the loss of your daughter, right? But you also lost you grieve the identity of what it brought to you as well, which is, is what I'm hearing, right? Yeah. I mean, there's, you know, I, I think that a lot of people, a lot, a lot of women wrap themselves up in their identity of who they are and, you know, whether that's a wife or a mom or, and there's a lot of people that, when I introduce myself, you know, hi, I'm Crystal. Oh, are you married? Do you have any kids? Like, those are just the next questions. It's like, oh, well, how do you we answer assume. that question? We assume, right? That yeah. that's the way it's supposed to be. It's supposed to happen this way. Yeah. It, and it's a completely harmless question, unless it's not, you know? Um, and there was a time that that question with how many kids do you have would make me huddled in the corner right it you know like in the fetal position just rocking back and forth um because it was such a loaded question for me personally and and I think that I really had to come to terms with okay I am still a mother I still every single day try to make my Madeline proud of me and I you know, I do what is best for her. And I, 
I still think about her every single day. I just look up when I'm talking to her instead of most moms looking down. Right, right. And that was something that was like, you you touched me when you said that, when you shared that too, because it's like, you know, uh, I talked to a woman about who never had children and it's, it's, you know, you're not supposed to compare like who's worse or whatever, but it's like you, we, we, so society puts this whole thing on that, you know, we're supposed to follow this. You're, you're a wife, you're, then you're supposed to be a mom and stuff like that. So how, how is it been like, are, are you still grieving the process of, I mean, you're still a mom and stuff like that, but is it still a, um, how do you deal with the process of the pain every day? You know, when people still unintentionally ask those kind of questions, how do yeah. you deal with that? I mean, and it doesn't even have to be someone asking that question. It can be, you know, we're coming up on the holidays here. The holidays are always a tough time for me because I see my nephews who I love unconditionally and will do absolutely anything for them. And also I see what I didn't get to do with Madeline. Um, And every year it's like, okay, it's been, it's been 10 years. Madeline would be 10. We would probably be decorating the house this way, or this is what she would want for the holidays or, you know. Um, So it's those milestones, whether it's a holiday or her birthday or um, Mother's Day or whatever, that kind of bring it back up, bring back up to the surface and let it boil. Um, I just kind of have to let those, let me feel those feelings, let them kind of work themselves out and also know that I can, I can be both happy and sad in the same moment. Right especially around the holidays. I can be happy that I get to spend time with my nephews and watch them open all their dinosaur presents and, you know, all that stuff. And sad that Madeline isn't here with us to play with Barbies and such. Right. So I know we're going to dive a little bit more about how, um, you know, we're going to, you know, this is where I always like say, you know, jokingly, more happily that if you like what uh she's sharing please give us a thumbs up and I still do that but <laughs> please consider having us uh putting down a comment because you know everybody who under sh- is sharing their story is helping us learn how to get beyond some of these hang-ups that we have and like I said I was sharing in the beginning when I hear somebody loses something I always like pull back because you don't know how to say it and we're going to talk about like how can we show up for those friends who are grieving? What What are some of the things that helped you or that people didn't do that helped you through your process? Well, the best bit of advice that I've ever been given and like preach it from the mountaintops, which is a little bit harder to do during COVID times, um, but to say their loved one's name and give them a hug. Mm. There's just something so powerful about hearing someone else's hearing someone else say their name there there's a quote a a few people have been quoted or you know have been quoted saying it but it's basically along the lines of you die twice in your lifetime the first time is the time is when they bury you 
And the second time is the last time that someone says your name. And obviously we have no control over the first, but we have complete control over the last time that someone says your name. And especially as a lost mama, all I want to do is honor my Madeline and keep her legacy alive, even though her life was very brief. Um, So that's the best advice I've ever been given. And, you know, saying the name, reminiscing, telling fun stories, telling memorable mishaps, whatever it is, that means a lot to hear it from someone else because it reminds us that you remember. You're not going to remind us that my daughter's dead. You know, you're not going to remind me that grandpa's gone or I know that Mm -hmm. by you saying their name or telling me a story, it reminds me that you remember. And that is really cool. Right. Right. And I, you know, I, I never really thought because my mom has been gone for a couple of years and I know we post a little something on Facebook each year and stuff. And I love how people were like, oh, I remember your mom was like this or your mom was like that. And then sometimes you hear stories that you never even knew she was like. So it's like, oh, she was? I, I didn't know that side. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So, so like I said, it's, it's, I can see your point on that. So thank you for reminding us about that. So what's the one thing that you would really say if somebody's going through the holidays and dealing with this, what would your advice be to them? Oh, In a lot of ways, the holidays are not any different than any other day. Um, And also, they're a lot harder than any other day. Because the holidays are uh, more often than not steeped in tradition. And, you know, if you lost a parent or or a friend or someone, normally you have, like me, I only have memories of what I would, I thought the holidays were going to be like. I lost my grandfather who like I had many holidays with him. And so I reminisce about the things that we did together. There's traditions and there's things that we did and there's things that he said. And um, so there's kind of like two sides to that grief coin. (laughs) Right. Right. I think Well, I at least like to be invited to things. Again, this year is all kinds of wonky. So there's probably not going to be a whole lot of things I'm invited to regardless. Um, But it's nice to know that people are thinking of you. Kind of along that. I always love to get baby shower announcements or invitations in the mail. Mm -hmm. I have not attended a baby shower in over a decade, but getting that invitation in the mail reminds me that they're thinking of me and they want me to be a part of their special, special event, special day. And also I'm the first one to RSVP no, but I send a pretty fun gift. Yeah. Right, right, Um, right. You know, so I, I think it's very meaningful when you invite them, even if you know that 
there's a very slim chance that they'll attend. It's right. just, it's the thought that counts. Right, right. Oh, that's, that, uh, thanks for reminding me. Cause like you said, you, we forget about these little things, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So thank you for reminding, you know, stuff like that, because it's like, well, yeah. I just don't know. I mean, like I said, my mom passed, and I was like, I said, I love my mom. Don't get me wrong, but I know at the same time she lived, she lived. You know, she she did her thing. So it's like, you know, I, I what I always say is I I appreciate the time that I have with her, and I think you touched on it. A lot of people say you're grieving the the memories, and this was a care. You're grieving the memories of holidays that never came to pass, and that's a deep deep thing because you are living off of memories that you thought would have happened had she been here and that's, so that's something deep yeah I think and I think a lot of people want to try to judge each other's grief and want to mitigate and minimize it um that's something I get to do I get to try to minimize my grief mm. you don't get to do that for me you know, so when you say things, and not you, per, just people, <laughs> when people say things like, at least, well, at least you had your mom for however many number years, or um, at least she's not in pain anymore, or you know, anything that starts with at least deserves a punch in the face. <laughs> and you'll keep me, that will definitely stick in my mind if nobody, <laughs> every time I start to say at least. Don't hit me, but just remind me. (laughs) Now, the flip side of that is I get to say those things to me. Right. I I use the analogy, you know, like I am, I'm happily married. I love my husband to pieces. And there's sometimes he's being a four letter word, whichever (laughs) one you want to pick. Now I get to call him that four letter word because I signed up for better, for worse, you know, like. I've seen it all. Now you, the second you call him that four letter word, we're going to step outside. Right. You know? right, 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 right. That's how I feel about those platitudes and the at least and the, you know, I get to say those things to myself all day long because that helps me cope and grieve and work through it. You saying it, whether you realize it or not, your intention is to minimize the uncomfortable. Mm. that's a deep one um and, and miss crystal I, I have a question usually i'm just because you just you talk that uncomfortable is for that person not you yeah more unlikely yeah you're the one that's uncomfortable and so you're the one that's saying well at least that doesn't help me that helps you feel less uncomfortable I, I just wanted to make that point. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, I know well, this is a really, uh, like I said, this was an introduction to some of the, the things that people have to become aware of. And, you know, like I said, give yourself some grace because, I mean, you don't know what everybody does and everybody deals with grief differently. But mm-hmm. I really want for you to share a little bit about that and that it's okay to say their name because I think you share with me the, the maybe perhaps the worst thing is that we will forget. Is that what yeah. was your biggest fear? Yep, that's my biggest fear. You know, my my legacy, most people's legacy lives on through their children. 
Mm. you know and and there's studies that say after three generations you're forgotten about anyway so you know whatever um but I think that's a lot of people's biggest fear is being forgotten well now I have this fear of being forgotten and I have no one to remember me in a lot of ways and so I I almost feel like it's my job to help people remember her Mm. As weird and convoluted as that sounds, I, th- I think that's a human fear that we all are afraid will be forgotten and that our loved ones will be forgotten. Right. Well, like I said, this is just a tidbit of some of the knowledge that she can bring to you on and get some insight. And like I said, it's a, I wish you and your family the best through the holidays. And I want to really um, ask you a couple of questions like, What's the one thing you want to leave the audience with, if nothing else, if they didn't hear nothing else that you said today, what's the one thing you want them to take away? Ooh. Ooh. I want people to know that they're not alone. Their grief can be uniquely theirs, and also there's a universality to grief. So if you want, just know that there are other people that have experienced similar things to you and that it helps you begin to heal to find those people. That's something that took me a long time to do, mm-hmm. to realize that my, my grief is not uniquely the best. You don't get an award for being the worst griever. And so finding other people that understand you because they walk in your shoes was huge for me. And allowing myself to realize that we have similarities. So you're not alone. Very powerful message for those. And I also want to know, um, where can people find you if they want to connect with you and, and, you know, maybe reach out to you or or do counseling? Where can people find you? Um, the best place is probably my website, which is sharingsolace.com. You can also Facebook, Instagram, all of the social medias, <laughs> you can find me. Um, but the best place is definitely the website. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, like I said, if you ever want, you're always welcome to come back and we can take a deeper dive into the grief process and stuff like that, you know. <laughs> I mean, it's a deep subject, it's a deep subject, but people are dealing with grief all the time. And like you said, you choose and decide to live. That's a powerful message right there. You know, people, you know. And and it was a decision. I don't want to sugarcoat that or gloss it. Like it was, I got to make a decision because this is not a way to live. So That's what I'm trying to say. It's like people who haven't. You know, I'm not saying that who's judging who's trauma yeah. or whatever, but like, there are people who could have the best houses and all the money in the world and they still choosing not to live. So, you know, that's a big, that's a big thing. And like I said, it's a, like I said, a very important decision right there. Yeah. So thank you for sharing. Thank you. And I remind everybody, for those who tuned in, feedback is always welcome. Email us if you have any guests or show ideas. Links will be posted in the comments. So please check out everything that's down there. You check out where uh, 
all the the insight that Crystal has shared with us is going to be down there in the nuggets and down there in the description. And thank you for watching. Give us a thumbs up if you've enjoyed it. And if you want to get some more insight that you see and then you join what Crystal has dropped, please consider hitting that subscribe button over there. And remember, take things in stride, go with the flow, and create your own path. And we'll see you back here on another episode of Coffee with Tea. All right. Bye-bye. Share with us. What was one of your takeaways from today's show? Post your answers on our Facebook page. Hi everyone, this is Tanya again, popping in to say thank you for listening to today's show. Coffee with Tea interviews are always free, and if you're enjoying the wisdom and insights that are being shared, please stay and grow with us and show your financial support. You can buy us coffee or become a monthly supporter. Links are posted in the description box. And again, I wanted to personally say thank you for tuning in.